you're interested in getting uh, Promised Heart by Brian Park and Esty Chrisman, a good friend of his, she's gone home to be with the Lord, please make sure that you see him following the services. And uh, he'll be more than happy to give you some good, wholesome gospel music. And uh, some of you heard him sing, like Ron said last week, he touched me. The monitors, can you turn me down just a little bit more there, Luke? Thank you, sir. A little bit more. I'm really coming through here hot. I could say I'm hot, but that didn't sound too good either, does it? Hey, I just want to say a great big thank you to Brother Steve and Todd. Thank you so much. What a burden lifted off of me, knowing that we can leave and know that the Word of God is being taught here at New Hope. Thank you so much for uh, bringing forth a message last week as I was gone, and I'm so thankful. Are you thankful that we have the Word of God? Hallelujah. Are you thankful to be a Christian? Are you thankful to have your liberties and freedom in Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Then I want you to look to the person to your right or left, and I want you to say, I'm thankful I'm a child of God. And I'm thankful I have life in Him. Do, do we need rehearsal for that? Okay. Kitchen fixings. Soul food. Is, is, is my message today. I left and as I was traveling down and traveling back and all that kind of stuff, I was thinking about where are we now in America? Where is the church? What's going on in the church? Why are people so disattached? Not connected, disconnected. Why are we not doing what we're supposed to as brothers and sisters in Christ? My wife talked about in class today, let's not, you know, give up everything so we become evaporated or exhausted. Fill somebody up. Fill them up, buttercup. Don't break their heart, right? That wasn't in there, but I just thought I'd add that. But I have to tell you that we need to do what Brother Steve said in his discipleship class. And if you've missed the classes, I encourage you to come, be a part of it, enjoy the accountability, the fellowship, just a word of prayer that goes along. And it's 25 minutes in the Word. There's something for your children. Uh, the toddler room is open. So if you would like to come and be a part of it, you come. But I have to tell you that as I look at the Word and I look at our situation in America today, I am really bothered about the immaturity of Christian people. Let, let me put it like this. It is not my responsibility to have you grow in Christ. It is my responsibility to do two things. Preach the word, teach you what God's holy word has to say. Pray for you and be there as a way of a need to help as a shepherd does his sheep. We have people in America today that are starving spiritually. They're hungry. They want the Word. We have come to a place where we have put more of an emphasis on what the music's like, the comfort of the church, the look of the church. Are we the church of here's what's happening now? Then we are being fed spiritually. 
This morning I want to talk about soul food. And I do believe that it is a relevant subject for all of us. Every single one of us. And how many of you know that I love food? I love food. And when food's really good, I really love food. And so, I have to tell you, talking about soul food is something that all of us should really connect with. Listen closely. I was reading on the internet that a scientist has computed the average human eats. Are you ready for this? 16 times their weight in a year. In comparison, a horse only eats eight times their weight in the same time. So I guess it stands to reason that we want to lose weight. We might want to consider eating like a horse. (laughs) Just saying. But as much as we eat and God has blessed us with so much food, there is a tragedy among us. We've been starving ourselves. And this is something that really, really goes deep into my pancreas. And into my stomach. We're starving ourselves. We've been starving ourselves for years. And there's multitudes of starving sheep that won't reach out to our spiritual shepherd for something to eat. We're becoming so skinny that our spiritual ribs are showing. Now, how many have had some good southern soul food? Brother, you know what good southern soul food's all about. I love mashed potatoes. I love good steak. Baked potato, butter, sour cream, barbecue ribs, collard greens. <laughs> good soul food. You know what I'm talking about. Isn't it great to think about good food? Some of you are going, really? You have to talk about food right now because I'm starved. Well, we'd like to let you know that downstairs is the Hebrew Cafe. If you'd like to have a donut, that's really good for filling up your belly. All that sugar and cream and all that other stuff that comes along with it. That's not soul food. I'm talking about some soul food that has you so full that your breathing is labored and movement is non-existent. Food that will put some meat on your bones. But this morning, I want to talk about soul food. The food that feeds your soul, feeds your spiritual soul. That's soul food. Think about this for just a minute. I'm going to go over and, and, you know, I'm not one to really rabbit trail all that much. Okay, maybe I am. But this is a little advertisement, okay? Just think about this. If I'm living in sin, how can sin wash away sin? Let me make it plain. If you have dirt on your suit, you're not going to use dirt to clean it off, are you? No. Only the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus can wash away and purge you of your sin. So don't think that you can have or have to get yourself together before you come to church. Let Jesus, he has the only cleansing power of the blood of Jesus, and he can wash away your sin. He will purge you of your sin. What can wash away my sin? Hallelujah. Matthew chapter eleven twenty eight says, Jesus says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Lord said, Just come. He will meet you where you are and bring you along to where he needs to be. The Lord wants you in the condition you are right now. So you might say, I don't pray very well. But you see, Jesus says, Come. I've never read the Bible. But Jesus says, come. 
But I've done a lot of bad things in the world. And yet Jesus says, come. And so did everybody else that has come to Jesus. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now back to our hunger strike. And I'll tie it all in together. I think it caused, I really do believe that people aren't in the word. We're starving spiritually because of unbelief. Unbelief is our inherited eating disorder. A refusal to eat the bread of life and our preference for the delicacies of sin. Oh no, here he goes. Do you hear what I'm saying? Our preference for the delicacies of sin. Christ is the food that undoes our disorder eating. A bread that takes our death and through his death works life. We feel the hunger pangs of our soul. That gnawing emptiness that cannot be filled with the various breads of the flesh. You see, these hunger pains, most of you can say, but I've had these hunger pains. Most of you have felt empty. Some of you have starved spiritually. And I'm crying out to you as your pastor, as the under-shepherd to the great high shepherd, to say, don't rely on relationships, don't rely on the bottle, don't rely on drugs, don't rely on anybody else, but rely on Jesus Christ, who is the bread of life. He is the only one that can give us life. But some say, but you know what? The harder we work, the hungrier we get. For some of you, you could say, on my physical body, my metabolism is very slow. For others, some can say, when I work, I get hungry because my metabolism speeds fast. And so for some of you, maybe you eat two meals a day. For, uh, for others, you take your meals and you, you divide them and they go into five meals a day. Because you're always hungry. Sometimes we fill it with play, seeking fulfillment in fun, sports, travel, etc. But the hunger gets stronger. And again, we try to fill it with relationships, hoping to find it in another. But what we are missing in ourselves Nothing seems to work. Nothing seems to fill that emptiness, that hunger that most of us should desire in our spiritual life. There is no food that fills, no drug that takes away the nagging hunger for something more, something real, and something permanent. Because this hunger is not for anything that we can get our hands on, but for the bread of life, the missing piece of of our diet. And you know the glorious promise is this. God sent us Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus, our eternal soul food. God sent us Jesus whose food is to do the will of his Father. And to be our bread of life by giving his life on the cross. If you will, take your Bible and turn with me in John chapter 6, verse 25. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 6, verse 25. 
Here is Jesus. The Sermon on the Mount has been preached. Jesus feeds the 5,000. Jesus does his work, and now he's teaching in Capernaum. And then he starts to tell them, listen, no longer do you have to worry. I am the bread of life. Wouldn't it be great just to come to church and just start the wave over here and go across the auditorium and say, Woo to Jesus. Starts, goes this way, and comes all the way back. It would be exciting because... See, we come to church sometimes starving. I'm so hungry. We get to church and we just collapse into the seat. We collapse into the pew. We're starving. I want to know that when I look into your eyes, there's not someone that's sick that really desires the sincere meat and milk of God's word. When we come to church, we come for a lot of reasons. We come for the encouragement and the fellowship. We come so that all of us can be encouraged and loved and bear one another's burdens, show compassion and mercy and practice all the Beatitudes of the Bible. We come so that God's holy word can be opened up and he can speak to us. I said Friday night, even in his word, he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. My wife and I were having devotion. Oh, I'm doing it again. I'm rabbit trailing. Here we go. My wife and I were having devotion. Turn the mains down just a little bit, please. Here we are having a devotion, and uh, I told her, I said, How did I miss it? During this whole time, Jesus is preaching and he's teaching and and I didn't go all the way back, and it, it finally hit me yesterday morning that in the Lord's Prayer, He says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Right? So we talked about the kingdom. And then in, in the end of it, He says, For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. For yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever. Amen and amen and amen. We have it. Why don't we receive it? Jesus should live and dwell within you. He should be the very bread that you desire every day of your life. And once you start to eat of some good wholesome manna, then you'll start to see some growth in your spiritual life. My desire as your pastor, as we kick off the new year, is that more of us and most of us would be in the Word. See, everything we do in this life, we're busy people. We're out making a living for our family. We're saving to put money back to go on vacation, to do the things with our families, to make great memories. I am all about that. I love making memories. I love looking back over ten years when nobody's in the building. To walk through this building. And I remember where people sat and the souls that were saved and are still getting saved and the lives that are being changed. All because we can look back and have those memories of God's work in and through his kingdom. See, we sit back because we don't know the word. We have the power and the glory forever. Jesus can deliver you today. If you're dealing with something and you're trying to fill it up with some other things other than him being the bread of life, let me tell you something. At the end of the day, you're going to end up empty. 
At the end of your drink, you're going to end up empty. At the end of, maybe I'll just say this, a cigarette or anything else that you're doing that maybe you're relying on, let Jesus Christ deliver you. I don't know what it is or what you're going through, but God does. And He loves you. He wants to deliver you. The kingdom is yours. Are you thankful? Say it with me. I claim it today. Praise the Lord. We do. It's ours. So let's go ahead and read in John chapter 6. Listen, I just want a church that wants to run around and going, I'm healthy, I'm healthy, I'm healthy, I'm healthy, I'm healthy. We all want to be healthy. We realize that the enemy is Satan. He's there just to deplete us of all of our energy, to deplete us from really doing what we need to do for him. My desire is, and I know God's desire is, or he wouldn't have put this to mind. Listen, Todd, talk about kitchen fix and some soul food. And as I got into the the Bible, it all started changing on me. I'm like, well, this isn't really what I was thinking, but I'll go ahead and preach it. But it's what he was thinking. So somebody here today needs to receive it. He is the bread of life. So we go ahead and we start reading in verse 25. And it says, and when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi. So they recognized him in the Jewish culture as a teacher. When camest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because you saw the miracles, not because you saw the signs, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perish, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him who he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee, and what dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never what? Hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Go back to John 4.14. I'll just highlight this for you. Circle it. Do whatever you'd like to in your Bible. But he also says here, in verse 13, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall never thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. What a wonderful comparison. And so we continue. So Jesus said he's the bread of life. We're back over in John 6, 36. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but to the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. 
And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know of? How is it then that he says, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. Stop your grumbling among yourselves. Would you just believe? In your short time of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, have you seen his works in and through your life for somebody else's? Give me just a wave. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Lord, help my unbelief. Lord, help me to believe. Lord, I've not trusted you. Lord, I know that you are, you reign supreme. You are the king of kings. You are the Lord of lords. Why don't I believe? Micah chapter 5 verse 2. We just went through the, the holiday seasons. As he prophesied and said, Jesus will be born of Mary. Isaiah 9, 6 says that he shall come from old to everlasting, that he shall come from Bethlehem. Micah 5, 2 talks about Bethlehem. What does Bethlehem mean? The house of bread. Isn't God good? He knows exactly what he wants to do. His prophetic word. Although they're grumbling, they're murmuring, they're complaining, and yet he just fed the 5,000. And on top of it, I don't know what Jesus was doing when he was walking on the water in the previous verses, and it's also referenced in Matthew 5. Maybe he was doing a little jig as he was walking out there. Maybe he was happy. I don't know what he was doing. I think he had a sense of humor. But as he was walking, here he is with his disciples, and yet people are still murmuring and complaining. Going, okay, hold on a minute. What And who do you say you are? You're saying that you're the son of God? No, we referenced you as rabbi. No, I am the son of God. I am the bread of life. We have to believe it. See, our Christian life, when we, get, when we walk out of here, we're shaken by the hardship of life. You're shaken because you wake up in the morning, you look in a vehicle, and all your stuff is stolen. We round the corner, we look into the church, and TVs and everything are stolen in the building. Our life's shaken. But guess what? We realize that he's the way, the truth, and he's the life. And he can always take care of what is his. That's the victory we have in him. So we continue. So we're in verse 44. No man can come to me except the Father which sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me shall have what? Everlasting life. Hallelujah. And then verse 48 is, I mean, deep, but it is simple. What's he say there? I am the bread of life. Hallelujah. You know, it's always great to get up here and brag about God. It's great to get up here and brag about Jesus. 
Man, it's great just to sit and pray and talk about how good he is. We've got to start feeding our soul more of the good bread. Because he is our life. And he should be our spiritual life source. And so he repeats it again. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Man, we don't don't have a church. We don't have life if it's not for Jesus Christ. Nothing but the blood of Jesus can wash away our sins. He died on a cruel cross to give you and I life and life abundant. Jesus loves you. He cares for you. Nothing delights the Father more than we should use Jesus as our daily bread. That we should be hungry and maybe even a little greedy for the forgiveness that comes through Jesus' death and resurrection. Father, in the next few minutes, bless your holy word. Father, challenge us. Lord, there's so much in your word that, Lord, needs to be brought out. And Father, I'm thankful that today we can all stop in the hustle and bustle of our life. Lord, putting aside all of the festivities of the the new year and the, the past year, Lord, that we can just embrace your word. Lord, what better way to start off than saying you are our life source. Lord Jesus, we love you. Thank you for the energy, the stamina, and and just our health that we get by diving in your word. In your holy name we pray. Amen. I need to have just a little bit of a drink. I've been dealing with this cough, and uh, so I'm going to have a sip of water here. From a Women of Hope mug. Praise the Lord for our Women of Hope. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Here's what he says. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as little Newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If so be you have tasted that the Lord is what? He is gracious. He loves us. He said, listen, I want you and I want to encourage you to desire the sincere milk of the word. Just like a baby. There's nothing sadder than a Christian with the ribs Of his soul sticking out. Christ died. And Christ rose. So that we can live in boldness. And in confidence. That his death and resurrection are ours. So this morning I want you to claim this victory. It is yours. The word says to do what? To desire his word. To desire a relationship. And therefore you'll grow. The scripture says. Draw nigh unto me as I draw nigh unto you. You. 
just that tugging and pulling in that relationship of Jesus Christ. Oh, how I desire our church to be people that just want to grow in Jesus Christ. Listen closely. God isn't stingy with us. It is we who choose to pick and nibble at the bread of life. As if we are afraid of becoming too fat on the forgiveness of sin. Have you ever been told, man, your soul is so fat, you need to lose some of it. Nobody's ever said that. Or do they go, "Woo, you had Jesus all over you. I don't do that. No, people aren't saying, man, all I hear about is Jesus from you. Well, good. It's better than hearing all the hardship from you. I mean, I've thought it. Have you? We need to make sure that we're evangelizing, letting people know, man, we want Jesus in our life. You see, we need to eat more than you want. Eat all you need. Eat all that the Lord gives you. Take it in. Too often we wait until we are desperate or too weak and exhausted to eat this food. Oh, you can't walk and now you want to eat. Disease has struck your body and you want to eat now. I just lost my job. Does anyone have a fork? I don't have the activity of my limbs anymore. Somebody push me up to the table. As if we are labeling Christ as the bread of despair, stamped with a sign for emergency use only. No, we want to know that we have that deep relationship with Him. And this is where I said earlier, He comes to us. God wants you to eat his bread in good times when you are strong and have the activity of your limbs and your right mind, able to labor for the Lord, being a fisher of men, being a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. You go back to John chapter 6. Here's what it says. Note that Jesus calls himself the bread that comes down from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven. And does what? Gives life to who? Who does he give life to? It's saying in the thir- verse 33. To the world. He gives life unto the world. We do not go up to heaven to eat this bread of life. He descends to us. He bends down to meet us in our humanity. Where we are, where we eat, where we sin, here and now. He is the living bread that hung on the cross, that died for us. And now Jesus does not promise a quick and easy solution to the pains and the problems of this life. There's no magic wonder bread, but God's living bread. Will you see through the life and death of the resurrection of the last day? This bread will give you the strength to live life boldly and confidently. And even though you are hard-pressed on every side, and it seems that things are closing in, you need some good, healthy soul food. The soul food will be your bridge over troubled waters. Your way out of no way. The silver lining in your cloud of despair. Now I'm just going to take a moment here. And I want to talk about earthly bread. So I did a little experiment last night. This is a piece of bread, okay? Now, what I thought was really cool about this piece of bread is that I thought, wow, okay, Jesus is the bread of life. 
And I thought, I walked out of my office, I walked into the kitchen, took out the piece of bread, and I leaned it up against the coffee pot. So, as I did, I stuck it there. Now, you can see there's some markings on this bread because I wrote the time. So I wrote the time on the bread. And I wanted to see how long it would take before it got stale. You ready? The time, ladies and gentlemen... Does it look like a magic trick right now? The time, ladies and gentlemen, says 6.50. By 7.40, we were hammering nails in the house. And it became a cracker. It was stale. Now let me ask you a question. You have a loaf of bread that's wrapped daily, right? The loaf of bread, when I first took it out, you don't hear anything now, do you? This loaf of bread is soft. It's wonderful. You just can't wait to eat it. It fills up. Bread smells great. How many of you have gone up Rod 8 and smelt Nichols Bakery? Isn't that awesome? Schwabels. Sorry. Schwabels. See, I even had it right here. Man, my whole illustration just went out the window. So we go up there and you're like, oh, this smells so awesome. I just want a piece of bread right now. It does smell great. I'm throwing this whole loaf away. Well, not really. There's five pieces, I think, left. So what I think ends up happening, cleaning crew, could you please clean? We got bread all over the platform. And <laughs> what I think happens in our life, man. That'll actually drive me crazy, so let me pick it up. My obsessive compulsive disorder is kicking in right now. All right, I'm picking up all the breadcrumbs. Oh, my goodness. All right. So it is with Christ. We should desire the bread. Listen, the only difference between a bread... Are you actually going to get out the vacuum sweeper? Get back over here and sit down. These people are crazy in this church. Leave it up to my neck. I know, I know, brother, how these people are on here. Listen, it's just like the bread of life. He doesn't come hard and stale. He's always fresh. It smells good. And he wants you to participate and partake because he will bring you life. See, bread fills up. If you, you know, some people will say, hey, you want to go on a diet? Don't eat any bread because it will fill you up. Have you ever noticed when you go to a restaurant, what do they pack you full of? Bread, especially at a buffet. You go to a, a buffet and there's so much bread there that you're thinking to yourself, I wouldn't have room for anything else. So what I always do, I start at the other end of the buffet and go backwards. That works better because you can get your food that you really want. You don't have to worry about the bread that's on there. But we love it. But so it is with Christ, the bread of life. But yet we look at this in a spiritual sense. You must not just simply know that Jesus is the living bread. You just can't have the gospel in front of you and say how good it looks and how sweet it smells to your spiritual sight and taste. What you need to do, you must eat that bread. You must accept Christ into your heart and into your soul and into your life. You must take him in and digest him as the very food for your soul. But without giving your life to Jesus, the bread of life will do you no good. You will die in your sin. So listen carefully. 
Feasting on the bread of life involves study. You, the Bible says study to show yourself approved unto God. You must study the word of God. Listen, we speak to God through what? Through prayer. And God speaks to us through his word. If you're not studying his word, then you are going to miss your blessing. You're going to say, Lord, I've been praying for you, to you, for X, Y, Z, for all of these things. And God says, it's right there in my word if you'll just pick it up and look at it. All right, I will. The answers you desire is right in my word for you to receive, he says. Eat the soul food that has been prepared for you. As I spoke about this, oh my goodness. Lord, I'm sorry. As I spoke about this bread, I do want to say, my desire as your pastor in this new year is that you'll please grow in his word. Jesus said, I am the bread that gives you life. I want to come to you, man. I want to get to know you. Will you open up your word? It was the last time you prayed. An old, old chorus says, In my life, Lord, be glorified, be glorified. In my life, Lord, be glorified. In my heart, Lord, be glorified. May I serve you so you're glorified. Before I close, I want us to use our minds and think about this story I'm about to tell. I want you to imagine that you are hungry and I'm talking. It is Sunday and I have not eaten since Friday. Kind of hungry. And you are walking down the street. and You see a sign that says Soul Food Cafeteria. And its address just happens to be 1157 Riverside Drive. And you see that it is a buffet. So you go in. You get your tray and you start through the buffet selection and you say to the server as you grab your plate, I need some guidance and your server gives you some. He whips out and says, you know, Psalms 39:28 says, listen, I'll fill you up. I'll guide your life. And then you continue down to the buffet and you move down the line and you say, I need some patience and you receive some. As his word says, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. As you continue to take some bread off the buffet, you then start to talk about how you worry. And you get a double portion of Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 21. And for when you tr- your trust is, is weak, take some of this. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Don't lean on your own understandings. Listen, Todd, you lean on me. And I'll guide, I'll direct your paths. And we continue down the buffet. So you think about your backslidden state, and then you find yourself in 1 John 4, thinking about verse 9. Oh, Lord, I confess my sins. Lord, cleanse my body from all unrighteousness. Isn't that something? As you're in the Word and you're studying the Word, that's what happens. You think about the loved one that you have been grieving, and the server then slides you some Matthew chapter 5, a little bit of the Beatitudes. And so as you're reading the Bible, you say, oh, Lord, thank you. You are merciful. You are wonderful. You are gracious. And before long, you forget about all those things that once came to your mind. You look at the server and say, you know how I am with temptation? 
Well, then the server looks at you and says, well, I think you need some Psalms 139, maybe Matthew 26, with a side of James 4 that says, submit yourself unto God. Isn't that amazing? And you then shout out, Lord, I'm afraid and see a whole plate of food. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He knows us. Don't be worried. Don't be concerned. And you begin to proceed to the checkout. Your tray is sagging in the middle. You have soul food spilling all over you, and you reach into your pocket to pay for your food, and the attendant says, guess what? No charge. No charge. Your tab has been paid in full. Isn't that wonderful? Your money is no good here. You say, but why? Because it was the blood of Jesus that paid it all. And what's best of all for you is that you can come back and eat as much as that soul food that you want. For the table of the Lord is all you can eat. And so I look at you again and say, Come to me, all ye that are heavy and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You can come to me. There's no charge. The Lord's table is never short on food. Eat, gorge yourself. Put some meat on those spiritual ribs. Come to the Lord's cafeteria and eat some soul food, for it's good for you. Let me ask you a question this morning. Have you and are you enjoying your food this morning? Are you filled this morning? Then if you are, I want you to say hallelujah. Say this with me. Thank you, Jesus. Now I want you to tell the Lord, I'm making a commitment this new year. I'm going to get into his word. I'm going to know who he is. I don't want to be a plastic Christian. I want to be a Christian that is loved and that represents Him from the bottom of our feet to the top of our head. You ought to tell the Lord this. Lord, my hunger strike is over. Never again will I miss a meal. For this is the soul food that I have needed. For what reason? To sustain me. To comfort me. To protect me. To love me. And greater than anything else. To save my soul. As you're in the word. You look at your server. This great buffet. Say I just don't understand how all of this food was paid for. Then let me tell you about your bread. The bread of life. The eternal soul. Food. They kicked your savior. They spit on your Lord. They beat your Savior. They hung your Savior on a cross with a crown of thorns about his head. They pierced him in his side. And Jesus said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. The tortures claimed the victory. They put your Lord in a borrowed tomb. And he stayed there Friday night. All day and all night Saturday. But it was early. I said early Sunday morning that the bread of life started to rise. And he got up. He got up with all power. Paid in full. Paid in full. No charge. It was the blood of Jesus Christ that paid it in full. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? So I'm going to ask you this this morning.
Will you come to the Lord? If I said something to you as profound and as serious as this before we close, do you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Do you remember there was a time, a date, where you made that profession of faith, that you believed and you started your life living it for Jesus Christ? Because He fed your soul. My wife will turn on her phone, the Word of God, and listen to it. Maybe for some of you say, I get bored, I, I lose my train of thought. Then get a CD where the Word of God is being spoken. Practice it. Try it. Get in your car. As you're going to work, plug it in your car. Listen to it. With all of you in this congregation driving Mercedes-Benz right now, you probably have that little auxiliary thing. You could just plug in that fancy flip phone that you have. Now I'm going to say this to you. You don't need a reservation. Every seat is the best seat. In the house of God. So tell everyone you know about the bread of life. Your eternal soul food. For that is the will of God. This morning. I love the Lord. And I love that as I've been studying his word. I'm humbled by his grace for me. And that he feeds my soul. And I can stand up here as your pastor and I can tell all of you, I know where I start to starve, where I become hungry. People can see it in my attitude. My wife, my children, more importantly, God. So this morning, if you've been starving, in all humility, you come to the old-fashioned altar. That's in every church across America. And God forbid they've taken it out. But you cry out to God and say, God, I desire you today. Fill me up, Lord. I want you to be the very bread that I desire. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. You walk out of this place so refreshed, revived, and so excited that you'll, you'll want to, to tell others about Jesus Christ. Because this whole book, and I set this on here for a reason. Because this is our plate. And it's filled to overflowing with all kinds of manna. If you'll just accept it. As the praise team comes, we're going to sing a song called I Surrender All. All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. Have you freely given Him your all? This morning, don't leave this church. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. Maybe you need to make some commitments to Him and say, God, I'm starting off my new year afresh. I came to church hungry, but Lord, I'm leaving filled up and full. And God wants to do something in your life. If you were to die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? And I'll say this. I watched the Left Behind video this week. The ladies, the young lady kept looking at her mom and saying, Mom, I don't want to hear what you have to say about your Jesus. I'm over it. All you do is preach. And you know what they said? 
a part in the movie. Oh, you know, mom's kind of lost and she's drinking from her Kool-Aid. Well, this is some good Kool-Aid, the Word of God. At the very end, when the rapture takes place, God calls all of them out of there. She goes back to the very church called New Hope Church. And brother, preacher, there was the pastor sitting in the front row. This is after the Lord called him out. And you know what he said in this movie? She said, what are you doing here, preacher? He said, I taught it, but I never believed it. Wow. Are we just coming here because it's our responsibility to our children? Are we coming here because of our accountability to somebody else? Are you coming to church? And have you come to Christ because it's all about Him? It's been 10 years. This is our 10-year anniversary. Man, I want a church that loves people. I want a church that loves God. And I want people to come into this place and know that they were loved and embraced and they felt Jesus Christ. This morning, you don't have to leave hungry. You can leave filled up if you'll give your life to Him. Will you surrender it to Him? Let us stand as we pray. Father, we come to You, Lord, and we're grateful for Your Word. Father, maybe today there's someone here that just needs a special uh, a touch from You. Lord, maybe they need to recommit their life, rededicate their life. Lord, maybe they need to, to realize that You have the saving power that they need. Maybe they've just been depleted of all of their vitamins, of all of their resources, and just want to give up on You. God, we realize that we just celebrated the birth of Your Son. Lord, He came. And now He is evangelizing and telling people all about His Father and about who He is, that He will die, but He's going to rise again victorious because the grave could not hold Him down. Lord, I just pray that today, that Lord, if there's someone in this room that has never accepted You as Lord and Savior, Lord, nothing else matters except their salvation. Lord, for those that know You and Your children, Lord, I just encourage all of them to go back, to start this new year off desiring You. Lord, feed us. Lord, forgive me for the days that I have slacked off and not opening up Your Word to be fed. Lord, forgive me. For I've let You down and I've disappointed You. God, bless Your people. Help us to surrender our all to You. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Sing with us if you would, please.